You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's The List and your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Ross All right, we are live. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross managing editor of Fightful.com, FightfulWrestling.com, and FightfulSelect.com. This show brought to you ad-read-free by FightfulSelect.com. We have a new dark match commentary up on there, up on uh, Fightful Select. We're going to have the Fightful Wrestling Weekly up early. Lots of stuff over there. I'm going to do a UFC rankings breakdown. I'm joined today by Jimmy Van, who actually decided to show up to work for once. Nice hickey on your neck there, man. Yeah. Oh, man. You, you, you did that. You told me the joke was coming. I told you how terrible the joke was. I, cut yeah, myself I don't shaving. care. Yeah, I don't care. And, and you, even, you went full board with it, and you had the balls to do it in those glasses. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. That made it even better. <laughs> it did. Oh, God. I'm wearing the glasses because I'm tired. I don't normally wear contacts, but I'm tired, so uh, my vision, you know, is at 100% otherwise. So that's why I'm wearing them. Let me tell you, Sean, this was a hard, this is a hard week for me. This one, and I've so, I've said you, to you a few times that I almost canceled the podcast. If I Every didn't, if I that. didn't cancel today, <laughs> Sean. No, listen to me, man. If I didn't cancel today, I never will because this is a very hard week. I put together this list over my lunch break. I took a lunch break, like stayed in the office to put the list together. I'm moving this week, so it's been a hard week. I, I even just noticed looking down, I'm, I'm accidentally wearing short socks with, with, uh, with uh, pants. So when the pants roll up, it looks like I'm wearing capris. <laughs> and I didn't even notice. I just looked down. Oh, look, I'm wearing short socks with pants. So good for me. What you don't wear capris? Um, I try to reduce it to special occasions. Fair. Fair. So, so not wearing them today. But, uh, yeah, this is my only day in this week. I'm off the rest of the week because I'm moving. And you know what, Sean? What better way to start the show than with a moving-related story? Because, oh, yeah. Because there was a guy on YouTube that said that I got more stories than Walt Disney. And even though I realized that he was saying that as part of his attempt to shit on me, yeah, you know that I don't care about that kind of stuff. So all I saw yeah, was I really don't. So all you, I ca- s- you cater to those YouTube commenters all the time. You're like, you'll see one, you'll be like, you know what? We should do some of this. You know what? What I do is I like to educate people because people post things ignorantly, Sean. People post things because they're uneducated sometimes. I want to educate, man. <laughs> well, that's what I'm doing. Fortunately, at least one of us likes the people who watch this show, and that's me. 
I never said I don't, but I just want to educate the dumb fucks. That's all. You know? That's all I want to do. So first and foremost, if you guys can hear another voice in here, Melissa's joining us today because Nigel's taking vacation on a date that he's not sure of. <laughs> but, uh, but even still, he, Melissa's going to learn how to produce, and then she's going to produce in his absence. And I've already told Melissa, you know, you got to be careful because you're female, and there's going to be guys wanting you on camera, and, you know? So I've told her to be careful of that. She's aware. So um, let me tell you a story, Sean. Let me ask you a question first. Okay. <laughs> Have you ever dealt with people that were casual wrestling fans like 20, 30 years ago? And the combination of they were casual fans and time has made their recollection not quite accurate. Oh, yeah. You've dealt with that, sure. right? Let me tell yeah. you a story. So, you know, I have a, an LJN action figure collection, right? The yes. WWF LJNs. I sent Sean a picture of my new cabinets and everything. And one of the more valuable ones from that line was the Ultimate Warrior uh, Blackheart from Series 6. It was called in 1989. There, I only know of a few that exist in the package, and I've got two of them. And so I post them side by side just because it's a valuable one, right? I had a contractor over this week that's like helping, you know, helping with stuff in the house. He sees the two Ultimate Warrior things in the cabinet, and he goes to me, oh, I was a big wrestling fan, man, like in the late 80s and early 90s, and they were my favorite. That's a direct quote. They were my favorite. And I go, who is your favorite? He goes, the Ultimate Warriors. They were my favorite. And I go, really? How were they your favorite? Oh, they were just the best. They, they, they were the ones I really liked, and, uh, and they were great. And so finally I said, okay, man, there was just one. There was one guy. He, pro- he probably meant the Road Warriors. That's what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking. But he was very specific about Ultimate Warrior and the muscles and the tassels. And so he merged they the They hated two. gay people and paralyzed people <laughs> and people with cancer. Oh, here we they go. up all those people. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> But he apparently did, did in you his... see the video I posted of him this week? No, I did not. It's a video that emerged. Uh, I can't remember what he was doing, but he's coaching these high school kids, like these wiry high school kids, to lift weights, and they're getting tired. And one says, "I can't," and he goes, "Fuck!" Really? <laughs> fucking die! Did he really? Oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you the clip. It's unbelievable. Have you seen the one where he dropped guys off on the side of the road and took off? No. Yeah, there's one, and it's, it's probably... That, he worked for bangbus.com? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't leave them on the side of the... Or he didn't pick them up on the side of the road. He left them on the side of the road. But, uh, no, there's one, if you look at it, it's a similar thing where he's trying to do, like, life coaching. And he's got these two guys, and he meets them at some location, and he says, okay, let's go do the first thing. He picks them up, he drives them, like, someplace remotely, dropped them off and left them. God. Yeah. Let's go and look that up. Uh, so let's start today. So today's May 16th. I want to start out uh, with some breaking news, Sean, about, yeah. about Enzo Amore, bud. Oh, yeah. So his real name is Eric Arndt. And uh, let's start off. He posted a picture uh, today or yesterday, a recent photo on a social media. Nigel, put up that photo for people. That's Enzo today. It looks like that he, uh, he found a razor. So good for you, Enzo Amore. <laughs> I did, too. And, yeah, he found, uh, he found a bunch of hickeys, apparently, is what he found. Well, he doesn't have hickeys all over. At least it tells oh, me that will. you still get he action, will. Sean. Maybe, maybe from this old woman that he posted on his Instagram story. He posted a photo in, like, a hospital or a nursing home with some old woman who kissed his hand. Really? He put it up to her mouth, and she kissed it. He's very happy right now. Okay. As he should be. That's good. So, uh, so today, May 16, he also posted a letter on Twitter 
from his general counsel, a guy out of Orlando, Florida, named Todd, Todd Cargill. And I know that you have, uh, you're doing your due diligence, and so we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. So the letter states that the Phoenix Police Department has ceased their investigation with respect to Enzo's misconduct allegations. No charges have been filed, and the case is now closed. This is according to his general counsel. Uh, and here's the last sentence from the letter. Mr. Arndt is working diligently toward his next venture in the entertainment industry and looks forward to reconnecting with his fans in a big way in the very near future. So uh, what Rap do you album. got? What do you got? I know you're Rap contacting album. the police and all that. What's that? Yeah, I can't. Well, you contact their public affairs bureau and I did get confirmation. It is done. Um, they said that they could reopen it if additional evidence were to emerge, but there was really insufficient evidence. Had some people after I tweeted this sort of like, oh, now you're speaking up for him. It's not my job to speak up for him. I gather quotes, facts, information from both sides as best I can. He and his attorney, for obvious reasons, didn't respond to my comment. Same thing with the Elgin uh, Mo thing. One side would talk to me, the other side wouldn't. Um, but it's not my job to report opinion. Mm-hmm. This case is closed right now. I can tell you that she was very excited to be interviewed and she was very excited that TMZ was getting a hold of her. She was very, she seemed very proud of that fact. Um, good for Enzo. A lot of people saying, is he going to sue her? Well, I can tell you from personal experience and trying to keep up with this situation. I don't know how much money he gets out of her. If he were to do that, absolutely none. He would spend an awful lot of money, but it's ultimately what his character is worth to him all we see that it's very important to michael elgin mm-hmm. he won he's if he were to successfully sue the person who accused him accused him i don't think he's getting a lot out of it uh but his character is more important to him than that so it's really a gauge based on that it also said that he wasn't aware of the he being enzo wasn't aware of the accusations i can tell you wwe was very much under the impression and probably still is i haven't heard back from them yet but wasn't uh they were under the impression he was whether he said that he was aware or not because of the the amount of time that had passed between the situation and the people involved they didn't like that either some of the some of the people that were involved and it's been no secret they didn't like a lot of the people that enzo amore hung out with before that Mm. and this was i don't want to say a last straw situation because they saw a lot of potential in him. They anchored a, a show to him. Mm-hmm. The cruiserweights were the main event for a while while he was there. But yeah, they were they were very much under the impression that he was aware of the situation. But from what I understand, he was always steadfast saying, I didn't know, I didn't know, I didn't know. Okay, well, we'll see what happens. I mean, obviously, I could see Impact picking him up if it means anything. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what comes out of it. The, the they, fact that... They picked up Rich Swan, and what, what did I say? They were going to pick up Rich Swan because I had people in Impact telling me at the last tapings, oh, they're, they're, they're not interested in Rich Swan. I was like, of course they're going to say that right now. His non-compete isn't up. Like, mm. what, what would be the benefit of saying that they were interested in him? And I mean, for Impact next month. Forenzo to say reconnecting with his fans in a big way, that tells me that he's not exactly going to go into rodeo. I think he's going to put out a rap album expecting that people want to hear him rap. And oh, that'll be great. Let me tell you, I heard him on Rosenberg's show. I would much rather watch him wrestle than watch him rap. You know what? If the Cash Me Out girl can go on Dr. Phil and then get a rap oh, album, yeah. so can Enzo Amore. So. I am, like, part of me, I wonder if she's, like, really some genius prodigy that's like, let me work everybody. No. 
Let me work everybody. No. No. G- or, or first thing I would do. Society's just that stupid. Yeah. I think society's just that stupid. I mean, Cardi B's successful. <laughs> She's not yeah. talented. Sure. I mean, it's 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 it's, it's a mean, side. Yeah, she can be talented. Some people like her music. Oh yeah, I mean, she's good at stripping, from what I hear. From you what know? you hear? Yeah, from what I hear. From what you hear? I she, she works like in the states somewhere. I've never been to whatever club she's at. Sure, but, you know. sure, Jimmy. I gotta be honest with you, man. When I first heard, and boy, we're going on a tangent. But the first time that I heard about <laughs> this Cardi B, right? First time I heard about this Cardi B, and I heard, oh, she's like winning awards and all that. Finally, I decided I gotta check this out. I keep hearing about this girl, and I looked up one of her videos, and I was like, I've heard one of her songs. Nigel could have done that, man. Like, come I've on. Seen I've seen her in a commercial. I know that you're a big, like, you hate the Kardashians and stuff. Oh, don't get me started. Like, I was I was talking to Ryan Satin. Ryan Satin thought I was, like, just being dramatic. I didn't know who any of them were but Kim Kardashian until last year when Kylie Jenner wore the Wolfpack shirt. I completely am out of that bubble. Yeah. Now, I could see why Ryan would think... How yeah. couldn't you know who they were? TMZ, he was of course. Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah. So to him, I could understand how he's like, you know who they are, but I really didn't. I knew who Kim was because she's married or dates Kanye West. Yeah. And she had been on WWE programming a couple times. I knew who, uh, I knew who a couple of them were. Their names, but if you put them in a lineup, I would have been able to pick one of them out. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, but one of them is NWO for life. So there you unfortunately, go. I'm familiar with who they are, and uh, it's made me just not not as good of a person, Sean. Why? Like yeah. I don't. I, I. I am so. It's so easy for me to just avoid all that. Like I don't. Uh, you know what? I like. I like going on TMZ for the interesting stuff. Like you know, contracts. Uh, uh, you know, who's injured? Any and any like real news? Matter of fact, I remember when Paul Walker passed in that crash, and TMZ broke the story, and I texted my friends and told them, and they didn't believe it because it was TMZ that reported it. Yeah. But they're a legitimate. Source. They are, yeah. So I, I like going on TMZ. The problem is because of what the the, the kids are looking for, Sean. You got to go past eighteen Kylie Jenny, Jenner stories about bullshit. Like, hey, guess what? She went to the store today. Well, I think just to get to the, the real good stuff, you know. Back like ten years ago, I think that the TMZs of the world got lumped in with like Perez Hilton and shit like that, who would really dramatize uh. things and make it as bad as possible. And maybe the TV show, the speculative nature of some of that contributed but i mean tmz is uh tmz is a legit source why is melissa in our chat talking shit uh (laughs) let her talk shit she says you don't sit next to Lindsay, sean you don't have the luxury of getting of not getting kardashian updates daily does that mean is Lindsay into that stuff tmz oh yeah no like the kardashians and that shit Oh, I'm so going to get on her. Aruba right now. She's on vacation in Aruba. Yeah, well, Lindsay, if you happen to catch this podcast, you wait till, I guess, Tuesday, because Monday's holiday here. You wait till Tuesday, because, boy, am I going to scold you for being into that crap. (laughs) Speaking of, the holiday reminds me. Jimmy, it was two years ago this week. I got an email from a James Vanderlinden. Oh, yeah. About the prospect of freelancing at Fightful.com. And I remember we talked... Or we had a, a date set to hatch the deal. And I was like, all right, we'll talk Monday. You weren't around Monday. And I was like, hey, man, what's up? And you're like, it's a holiday here. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> and since then, I've had to learn Canadian holidays. Because that first several months, there would just be days when nobody was in the office. And I'd be like, why isn't anybody in the office? And you know, the weird thing out. is, is they refer to it as the May 2-4 weekend, even though it's not on May 24th. 
Yeah. And, and the reason they call it the May 2-4 weekend is because up here a 2-4 is what you call a case of beer. Wow. So now they call it the May 2-4 weekend. It's kind, of, it's kind of like the unofficial start to summer. Cottage yeah, cottage season. Right, yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, so. I wish I had a cottage season. Let's talk about the All In Show. So I'm going to give credit where it's due, Sean. All right. Mm-hmm. When you hit me up like a month ago ish and said, hey, I'm thinking about maybe going to Chicago to cover this press conference uh, for the all in show. And then we found out it was going to be at a T-shirt shop. I said, you, there's no fucking chance I'm sending you to a T-shirt shop so you can sit there on folding chairs with a bunch of T-shirts in the background in some kind well, of makeshift warehouse. No, let me, let me finish. And so fortunately, we found Stephen Mulhouse and he, he lived in the area, whatever, and he went and covered it for us uh, now. I'm going to give credit where it's due in a minute, but first, I want Nigel to put up the photo from this press conference. Did you put that up? Okay. So, I hate it when I'm right, Sean, and you know I hate it when I'm right, but I told you they're doing it at a t-shirt shop, so how professional is it going to be? Now, at least in their defense, they tried putting up blackout curtains. They tried doing it. Problem is, the blackout curtains only went up so high, so you could clearly see the warehouse inventory on the shelves above the curtains. Yeah, made them a little higher. It was a real cheap makeshift. As a matter of fact, I saw a clip of Cody and the Young Bucks talking to the to the people, and they were sharing a mic. Three guys were sharing a mic, and they had to keep on swapping. I mean, dude, we're in a little media room on a little website, and we got two fucking mics, Sean. Like, seriously. It was an embarrassing, cheap makeshift press conference but but i'm gonna give credit where it's due they sold out the all-in show uh and i I heard that there were some haters that said oh stubhub bought them all but i heard that's not true that's just no it's not true somebody just just posted that right i joked about it on twitter i was like stubhub is all in no No, but somebody somebody else legitimately said it that they oh stubhub bought out the show but that's not true that didn't happen right yeah and we have people in our chat saying with a guy like Ray on the show, how do you not expect him to sell 10,000 tickets? Ray sold Oh, 10, come on, tickets. people. No. Get out of here. Ray hasn't sold 10,000 tickets anywhere else outside of WWE. So here, here's my take on this, and, and you can give me your take on it. And first and foremost, I want to give props to Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks. Because yeah. even though I you know, made a lot of fun of the press conference and stuff, the fact of the matter is selling 10,000 tickets for an independent show with no television is very impressive. They did it based on the popularity of the Bullet Club, and they did it based on the popularity of being the elite. And the fact that New Japan right now is kind of like the popular you know, internet wrestling promotion, and that's kind of what did it. I will say this. I think it's successful because this generation's Attitude Era, given how valuable the internet is to pro wrestling, this generation's Attitude Era is the Bullet Club, in my opinion. Yeah. And that's why when you go to a lot of wrestling shows now, because you hear about it all the time, you see more Bullet Club shirts than you do WWE shirts if you go to a WWE show. And that's, what's, that's what drew the, the people that are willing to spend the money on wrestling. Once you're able to convince them to pull out their wallet, they will spend money freely on yes, the product, right? But you just got to convince them to take out their wallet. And the Bullet Club has done that. And so uh, kudos to those guys for selling that out. It's, it's an accomplishment. Even though people want to shit on them and, oh, StubHub bought the show and, and all that, it's still an accomplishment. So good e- for those guys. Even if they had bought the show, it doesn't matter. They're... Their job was to sell 10,000 tickets, put on a good show. Cody has said that they don't currently have streaming plans. I'm about 85% sure they will end up streaming it because they said they want people to see it. Sure, Uh, they will. They will. I mean, they're going to be spending a lot on talent. And I'm I'm sure there's going to be a quote-unquote hometown discount. I'm sure the guys like Omega will probably cut them a deal. And I don't know if Ray's going to care so much, maybe because of Cody. But uh, they're going to get deals from some of the talent. But... Do you know what the average ticket price is? Is it like seventy-five bucks average? Do you have any idea? I don't. I don't have an average. I know that 
some of the tickets were like I think twenty six to thirty six dollars for the nosebleeds. They they priced them very very affordably. And so do you think they might do a five hundred gate, five hundred thousand gate? I'd have to take a look at things, but. Okay. I wonder if they'll. I wonder where they're going to run if they do it again because there will be an all-in too now. Like, yeah, but they no got to they got to space it out. They do. Like, maybe yeah, they it can't be like an every other month type of thing. No. They got to make it a special event, and they've yeah. got like the they have the whole the whole week planned out now, and got a ton of old names associated with that as well. There's just they're doing a lot of things right, and well, except for the press conference, they didn't do the press conference right. I mean, it worked. You know what I want to do next time? I want to send the Young Bucks a microphone package. Do it. I'm sure they'll accept it. Yeah. As like a gift. I want to send them like two mics because then if they keep the other one, then they got three. You know? But show-wise, yeah, sure. show it's a good deal. And they also announced uh, Cody's going to challenge Nick Aldis for the NWA title, which is interesting. That's interesting. Well, they, they haven't for sure said Nick Aldis. They just said he's going to challenge for the NWA championship. There's this whole thing about Flip Gordon trying to get booked on this show and Cody resisting over and over and over again. By the way, on our YouTube, we have a story that Cody Rhodes told about Flip Gordon beating up a guy backstage at Ring of Honor for stealing and then sweating all over Christopher Daniels' seat. Really? It's kind of funny. Yeah. So that a guy, a local in Pittsburgh, took Christopher Daniels' seat. Christopher Daniels is the elder statesman. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. Ring of Honor, yeah. He is, like, and Flip... You know, probably doing doing the right thing. Said, "Hey, man, that's Christopher Daniels' seat. Will you get up? I'll even get you another one." And I guess the guy kind of back talked him, came at him, and Cody said, "Well, apparently, Flip is a trained martial artist. Oh. Beat up the guy." And he said, "A couple kicks at the end, probably not necessary." <laughs> and he said, "But they destroyed my Chipotle along the way, so now Flip is even further away from getting booked than he was before." Awesome. Awesome. So there's a little story in being the elite about that, and I think maybe that plays into all this. So we got to talk about CM Punk because this is already be- making the news. So uh, of first off, he's, he's going to be fighting June 9 at UFC 225 in Chicago against a bum. And uh, if Punk doesn't win, time to retire from, from MMA. But I think he will. But if he doesn't, time to retire from MMA. Then um, Pro Wrestling Tees announced that he's going to do a signing at their store in Chicago on August 31, which just so happens to be the day before the All In show. So, of course, now this has led to speculation that he's going to be at the All-In show. No chance that he wrestles a match. But I could see him making an appearance, right? I think he'll retire regardless after you th- this fight. You think so, really? Yeah, I mean, he's fighting a guy who has never won and literally lost to the guy who later fought him in a fight that was to be winner fight CM Punk type of thing. and then, But then after that fight, that guy didn't fight again until now. Never, never. So what's it been, like two years since he last fought? Yeah. And, I mean, really, he's more of a media member than, than anything. And Man, Punk better win that fight, man. Yeah, he really needs to win that fight. He's going to look like he a does. scrub if he doesn't. Yeah, and this guy, has, he's only won in an amateur fight, like, I think six years ago. I think he won, and it was by split decision. I know that Mike Jackson was supposed to fight last year in LFA, but his fight got canceled. No, he did fight one time since then because I remember it was XKO in January of 2017, and he lost. He got beat in a Muay Thai fight. So That's tremendous. That's tremendous. And, and, hey, that the UFC show looks good in Chicago. Chicago's getting some fun stuff this year. Within eight days, they get UFC, they get NXT, and they get Money in the Bank. That's mm. that's a pretty good pretty good lineup. 
So now I guess we'll talk about a situation. Um, I think it was Mark Francis, one of our uh, regular listeners, that asked about this one. The uh, Vince Russo-Cody Rhodes situation about All In. I'm a little out of the loop. I knew it had to do with StarCast. Didn't Cody Rhodes tell him don't come? Is that what it was? Okay, so Vince Russo got booked for StarCast. You'll hear more about that on today's show. I spoke to Conrad Thompson about that, who was putting it together. And Vince Russo got booked, and apparently, from what I've heard, I don't have this first or second hand anything. It's just from what I've heard. Before somebody like Cody signed off on it, well, Cody wasn't cool with it. They pulled Russo from the booking, and Cody said, we don't reward bad behavior. Stay away from our event. And when asked about it at the presser, uh, Cody had said that it was due to some controversial remarks that he's not trying to take away from his accolades, but there have been far too many controversies surrounding him to want him to go there. Vince posted a 45-minute video in response. A 45-minute video? Yeah. Wow. Was he, like, reciting uh, Shakespeare? Like, how did he kill 45 minutes on that thing talking about this? what vince russo does wow besides shakespeare <laughs> in his own way with his new york accent that actually be pretty funny that would be great i would watch that yeah. i watched the video once <laughs> of vince waking up at like three in the morning and i guess he couldn't go back to sleep or whatever so he was reading off new japan results and trying to pronounce <laughs> the names it was hilarious <laughs> it was hilarious. he had like his glasses on and he had a card out it was very funny so I want to give my take on StarCast for a second, and this is going to piss some people off, but I don't care. So uh, you told me about StarCast. Uh, for anybody not familiar, it's essentially going to be like a podcast row uh, with a bunch of wrestling podcasters. And the thing to me somewhat. that's – Well, somewhat, whatever. The thing to me that's really dumb – although let me tell you, Sean, I'm all for capitalism. That's fine. Make a dollar. That's okay. What's really dumb to me is that some people that have a wrestling podcast are actually going to spend money to be part of that podcast row – when their podcasts probably don't make any money. And oh, so yes. and so they're they're gonna be shelling out like what, six hundred dollars or something in order to go five, be Huh? Yeah, five to six hundred based on what it was. I mean, the real attraction of this is the WrestleCon aspect of it as actually we, we can throw to the Conrad clip here in a minute, but um it's essentially that. They brought they're bringing in a bunch of wrestlers, mainly ones who host podcasts and they're going to do like live performances and stuff. Obviously, those people aren't paying to be there. Of course. They're, they're making money, but they do have spots for Podcast Row where some podcasts can pay to be there and appear there, and they'll get like a media interview. Now, here's my thing. If they are members, if they consider themselves journalists, I have an issue with that ethically because that's paying for coverage. If they don't and they just consider themselves fans or entertainers or whatever, hey, man, you can spend your money how you want more power to the people doing it, more power to the people making money off of it. If somebody came to me, because the only, the only thing I've heard about this is from you, if somebody came to me and said, hey, uh, does Listen Your Boy want to be on Podcast Row at $600? And by the way, uh, Meltzer's going to be there for free and uh, whoever else can be there. For- you know you know what my answer would be, don't you? Oh, it'd be hell no, yeah. It'd be get the fuck out of my office. Well, I've, I've specified that on numerous occasions. If Anybody from our site is there. It won't be because they paid to be there unless they are paying to watch a ticket as a fan or something. Yeah. But uh, otherwise, if we are credentialed media, then sure, we'll be there. I mean, if if we have somebody near or if it makes financial sense to go there or to send somebody there. and Credentialed media for what? To cover a podcast weekend? Well, I mean, you can get interviews there. You can do a lot of different things there. I mean, people go to WrestleCon to get interviews. Ah, 
Like, you know, like, like Hannibal. Yeah, like Hannibal, yeah. Like like Hannibal. Uh, uh, stuff like that, but I mean, I mean with, with all due respect to these podcasters, man, and you and I have talked about this off air, with all due respect to these guys, if you're going to pay $600 to be on, on Podcast Row, you are a mark for yourself. And that's a fact. And, and I don't care if people don't, don't want to hear that because it's the truth. Why the hell would you spend money so you can have your little wrestling podcast and a thing when they've got the main eventers for free? Up, like, fuck off. That's so stupid. I think it's mainly for... I don't know, it does seem like buying friends to me, but it's dumb, Sean. You know it's dumb. You can say it because we know you think it. It's dumb. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's just not my thing. I see it as harmless. See, Somebody's... Nigel, Nigel, and Melissa, since she's in here, Sean is much more. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, you're nicer than me, Sean. That's all I can. Well, yeah. I was trying I am, to think of the better word. What's the better word? Not political. Yeah. Also, reserved? maybe also. reserved. Yeah, more. Uh, he's more. Uh, here's here's the thing. Jake, PG, yeah. maybe. I don't know. If somebody said, hey, we're willing to pay you 600 bucks to set up our podcast in your office for a day while you do listing your boy and people primarily watch that, we're probably just going to be like, well, yeah. It's like I told you, I'm all for capitalism. I understand why Conrad's doing it. If people want to throw oh, yeah. money at him because they're idiots, good for him. You know what I mean? This isn't about him. This is about people when you have a podcast doing like like 500 views on YouTube and you're making 12 cents a week and you're going to put you're going to spend 600. It's come on, it's ridiculous. Sure, I just I don't think about it that much. Oh, I do, I, I do, because it doesn't make business sense. <laughs> I did speak to Conrad Thompson about setting up uh, Starcast. Take a listen. How did this come about? Like, did they approach you? Did you approach them? How does this work? Well, I had the idea to do a wrestling podcast convention when I heard that Greg Price was not going to do the NWA Legends Fan Fest in Charlotte last year. So I guess August of 2017. So early in the year, I thought, man, that could be kind of fun. And Bruce and I had just started doing live shows, and I thought this should be something we, we try to put together. It didn't work out. The hotel was already committed, and I didn't want to go step out and do something that wasn't already sort of established. But I thought, hey, if, if FanFest is done, I could just piggyback those dates. It didn't work. So time goes on, and this all-in thing became a real thing. So I hit Cody Rhodes up, and I said, hey, you know, WrestleMania has WrestleCon. What if you had an official convention, and it was a wrestling podcast convention? He was intrigued by the idea and said, what would that look like? So I sent him an itinerary. He called me back a few days later and said, dude, we love it. Um, wait, how do we do this? So we worked on landing a hotel, which is not something I've ever done before. And I had to secure that and figure out the rooms and the space and the logistics. And then I sort of worked behind the scenes to try to figure out, hey, what could this look like? What could an itinerary of events look like? What days from what times? And then lastly, once I sort of had an idea of, hey, what would be fun? Now can I land the talent and get the commitments to do it? And how do they make money? And so we figured it all out, and uh, we came down to the wire. I sort of created a hard deadline for myself where I said, okay, I'm going to put tickets on sale here. And we came down to the wire just getting it all put together. But I'm excited, and I'm looking forward to it, and tickets go on sale tonight at 8 o'clock Eastern at StarCast.com. That's StarCast with two R's, like Starcade. It's StarCast.com. And, of course, you have Bruce Pritchard, Eric Bischoff, Tony Schiavone, who you all do shows with. But, I mean, just a ton of other names as well, like Jerry the King Lawler, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, Jeff Jarrett. You've got all these connections and all these people. I mean, even people that uh, Fightful viewers would remember in J.J. Dillon if they stayed awake for the shows that we did. But, <laughs> but uh, there, there are just a ton of people at this. How do you all go about getting a whole – I mean, you've got – obviously, you've got a lot of connections – a lot of these people listen to your shows, 
But uh, for those that maybe don't, how do you go about reaching out to them? Well, you know, either myself or, or somebody I do a podcast with has a contact on almost everybody who's here. You know, either they follow me on Twitter or I have their number or Bruce or Eric or Tony do. And whoever we didn't, Ric Flair does. So I was able to just snag them and then introduce myself. And luckily the podcasts have grown to the point that even though they, they may not know me or my name or my voice, but they know who Bruce is. They know who Tony is and they know those guys have podcasts. So one by one, I was able to introduce myself to these guys and sort of lay out the idea and come to an agreement of, hey, here's how I think we can make money with this. And so now they're interested and, and all those guys are all in, so to speak, and, and we're looking forward to a big event. All right, we're back. You all can see the full interview with Conrad Thompson over at YouTube.com slash Fightful. It's, of course, up on Fightful.com, FightfulWrestling.com. You click that exclusives tab. I have a bunch of stuff over there. We talked to a lot of people from all in. Uh, we have a Q&A video that didn't air on Twitch, I don't think. So uh, lots of stuff from that, and uh, hopefully we'll be there in some sort of coverage capacity. But uh, like I was telling you, Jimmy, man, Chicago's getting a lot of stuff. Good for them. So uh, tell me what you're saying off the air. Somebody wants a Fightful Championship with your face on it? Ole Sammy Ole says Fightful needs a belt like that with SRS's face on it. I am more than – where's my uh, where's my company belt right here? I am more than willing to create one. So this is our company title right here, if you can see it on the thing. I'm more than willing to create a Fightful one of these, but you'd have to tell me, what do you want on it? What do you want for side plates? Ooh, I would love stuff. to do that. I would yeah, love to I'd be to open to it. I'd be open I'm to it. I'm a belt geek. I actually, like, here's the thing. You know, I used to get interviews for this, like, the week of, and it was a real hassle to make sure I had something. And at one point, I was going to talk to the Wildcat titles people because i think that shit is real compelling that's who made this interesting. Yeah. yeah exactly they make really good titles yeah. now i'm able to stock up on interviews and we've got stuff for for a good good amount of time so i haven't had to do that but and with all you know all the stuff the, the busy april we had that wasn't a story that had a lot of priority but i'm always cool. really interested in that i would love to be artistic enough to be able to create titles and work with medals and shit i just think a lot of that's cool i talked to a guy this week who was telling me mm -hmm. Have you seen that picture of Mabel with the King of the Ring championship that's out there? Mm, not sure. Was it a it's belt? A title. Yeah, it was a title, and a lot of people thought, even me, mistakenly thought that WWF had it made and never used it. As it turns out, he had it commissioned himself and now is in the uh, possession of a private collector who won't even post front-facing pictures of it anymore because he says that too many people try to make knockoffs of it. Right. Right. It's a real interesting type of thing. But, yeah, I'll figure something out. I think I've mentioned to you that I have a website called WWFLJN.com about my uh, LJN action figure collection. I haven't touched the site in two or three years. I don't even really look at it. But every now and then I get a message sent to me through it. And I got one this week from a guy that used to work on that line. He worked for really? LJN. Yeah, he worked for LJN in the 80s. And he sent me some notes on different things. Because I had made comments about, you understand staging, right? Like in commercials? Yeah. They make the burger look, you know, nicer and all that stuff. I had mentioned staging because uh, there are these uh, versions of the LGNs, they call them prototypes, that look way nicer than the ones that sold. And yeah. I've, I've collected a few of the prototypes. And when you put them side by side with the regular one, there's very clear differences. And he sent me notes about why that was done aside from staging. He said a lot of it came from WWE Directive because Vincent Mann didn't like either wow. a certain color. He didn't like a certain pose, whatever. So, I want to interview that guy. I, I'll get it if you want. I'll talk to him. I would love to talk to that guy. I mean, I may need you to feed me some questions about yeah. that. But stuff like that, 
I would love to learn more about that. That's that's my favorite part of this job is getting to learn stuff every day. And really? Your favorite like, part of this job is it Wednesdays at 3 o'clock Eastern time? Well, I mean, <laughs> I hear a lot of stories, so ultimately I do learn something, even if it's about... Uh, my kids shitting it, all it, over it, the place? Well, or if you have drugs shoved up your ass, you can just not take a dump for a month and get out of the charges. So Yeah, what, what was it again? Was it 40-something days? 45. Was it 45 Miserable days? days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no way. So Monday, Sean, Monday, I think it was like late morning, uh, I was uh, sitting on my desk. I got a Skype message from you, and your Skype message said, Ronda Rousey's getting a shot at Nia Jax's title at Money in the Bank. Yeah. And I thought, damn. So basically at the NBC Upfronts, uh, which they had on Monday. So if, if people aren't familiar, the Upfronts is when they present the, uh, the lineups for the fall season and they introduce some of the talent and all that. WWE was there. It's for advertisers. WWE was there. They had a little ring set up and all that. And Nia Jax announced that Ronda Rousey is going to get a shot at the Raw Women's title at Money in the Bank on June 17. Um, I've I've seen some of the some of the negativity online and people are kind of shitting on it. No, she doesn't deserve it and all that kind of stuff. I think you and I both understand from the UFC that rankings don't mean shit. Who deserve yeah. who deserves it doesn't mean shit. It's all about what's going to draw. Oh, that's and that's going to be part of the draw of my UFC rankings breakdown. I'm going to do on Fightful Select from now on. There you I'm, go very likely going to shit all over these rankings on a pretty regular basis. Yes, yes. Now, anybody that's not familiar with UFC, you're not big MMA fans, I just want to touch upon this. So they have a ranking system in every weight class. They'll have their champion and they have their top 10. And yet, even though they do that, they continuously go against that by creating matchups that make no sense in terms of ranking, but they do it because of the money. So, for example, George St. Pierre, I think everybody knows who George St. Pierre is. He was the welterweight champion forever. He retired for two or three years. His first fight back was a shot at the middleweight title, which is the next weight class up that he had never fought in. And he got a title shot. And why did he get a title shot? Because they wanted somebody with a, that could be a draw in order to draw a buy rate for that show. And so he got the shot, and he won the title. And then what did he do? He forfeited it right after because yeah. he didn't give a shit about the title. He wanted the payday, Well, also, maybe, maybe he had colitis. Yeah, but he didn't. He was never going to fight again. Maybe he didn't shit for 40 days. Possible. Possible. <laughs> That's why he moved up to 185. Because he had so much shit in him. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. I think you and I both know, Sean, he was not planning to fight again at middleweight. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think No so intention. No intention. Oh, he... especially when the opponent is anybody but Michael Bisping. Exactly. Exactly. He knew Bisping could be beaten. And then you think of a Chael Sonnen. Chael Sonnen fights at middleweight against Anderson Silva, loses, then immediately gets a shot at John Jones for the light heavyweight title. One, one weight class up. Almost won it, too. If it went to the end of the round, he could have won it via TKO injury because yes, John Jones is toe was hanging out so that's the reason that Ronda's getting the shot has nothing to do with whether she deserves it has nothing to do with whether she's ready has nothing to do with you know rankings she's getting the shot because she's going to be a draw uh and, and I am think, I going to be that upset if Nia Jax loses that championship hell no I won't I think quick I, tap out I think as I, I I I've said it a million times it should be Fedor versus Hongman Choi where he's hanging off of the arm or she hangs off the arm while Nia's still standing up right and like Ronda's airborne if I were to make a depth chart on Raw, I'd put Nia at about seven to nine. Do you think Nia? Because like, even though Nia's big and everything, I've noticed that she doesn't, she doesn't have. She's not the strongest. Do you think that she has the, the strength to hold Ronda up like that? Oh yeah, I, I do. Oh, I well, so. here's here's the thing. I think whether she wants to or not, Ronda can make it happen. You oh know yeah, I mean? maybe maybe she's very that yeah. type of thing. I maybe. mean, now let me ask you about this. 
Also, Money in the Bank. So Shane McMahon announced on his Twitter, AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura, they're going to have another match. It's going to be their fourth in a row on pay-per-view. Uh, and no stipulation has been announced yet. I'm thinking it's probably going to be last man standing or something, but no, no stipulation has been announced. But here's my question for you. After that tweet, what did they do? They did a non-title match on SmackDown this week with Shinsuke Nakamura and AJ Styles. To me, it feels like they've taken a dream match and they have just beat the shit out of it, Sean. How many times can they have these, these two guys wrestle and keep it interesting? I thought it was funny that they did a match to do a match. They did a match to do a match. That being said, I thought last night's match was probably the best they've had in WWE. (laughs) But the thing is, though, the the casual viewer, now this is going to be six times if you include SmackDown. Are people going to care? I mean, they've done it so many times now. I drew a comparison on the, the UFC show this week about how when Amanda Nunes immediately dropped her opponent with a leg kick in in the opening minutes, it was like a football team rushing for a first down in the first two plays. It opened up her entire playbook. Mm-hmm. This, to Vince McMahon, was like he saw somebody else on another team rush for 10 yards, like Wrestle Kingdom a few years ago, and he decided to do nothing but rush the ball seven or eight times, even though it didn't work any of those. Mm-hmm. However, last night's was rather good. I think it should be a lumber balls match where you surround the ring with lumberjacks and every time somebody comes out of the ring, they get punched right in the penis over and over again. Just mercilessly until until they, they get back in the ring. And they're like, ah, fuck this. And they get back in the ring. Lumber balls match. Or it can be, just as I said, you can keep the, the ladder method and the first person to, to get the hanging balls above the ring and just punch them until they fall off. Winner. Winner chicken dinner. So you kind of want it to be a glory hole match. That is nowhere that's kind near. Of where, that's kind of where you're no, going. That would be like wieners hanging out of the wall. and like. Yeah, but you you're getting close. You're getting close. You're talking you about something. balls hanging up from a ceiling, Sean. I mean, kind of. Kind of. I don't know. That that's too much wiener based and not enough balls based. Balls are funny. Do you remember I think wieners are aggressive in wrestling? <laughs> it's too aggressive. Man. Do you remember? I think it was Men in Black Two, where the one of the aliens wore a mask over his face, and when they pulled it down, his chin was balls. <laughs> Have you seen that? What was that? Oh, At Men in Black Two, I think it was Men in Black Two. And then Will Smith was punching the balls like a speed bag. He was punching them like a speed bag. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Alex Andresen, actually one of our sponsor tier level uh, subscribers on Fightful Select, says, Sean, how does your wife feel about you sh- shouting right in the penis all the time? I'll be honest with you. It is remarkably normal in this house for me to scream things of that nature. But my answer was going to be, uh, that's foreplay for Sean Ross app. Yeah. Well, I mean, as, as I've told Jimmy. <laughs> My wife is quitting her job this fall to go to school full time. So right now she's like, he's up there paying the bills. Mm-hmm. I think <laughs> I think when Sean Ross up, when Sean Ross up gets aroused at like one of the one in the end, that's when you hear right in the penis. Well, yeah. Live the gimmick, as my friend Adam Rattel <laughs> says. Live your let's uh, let's talk about the ESPN Plus deal because uh, I think this is going to have ramifications for the WWE, which is why I want to talk about it. I think the deal's crazy, Sean. Doesn't make any business sense to me at all, but uh, I want to talk about it. So uh, it was announced last week that UFC has signed a five-year deal worth $150 million a year with ESPN Plus, which is a ESPN streaming service that uh, that they just launched. 
and uh, it's going to be carrying 15 events for 150 million. So that's 10 million per, which is crazy. And the deal starts next year. It's greatest uh, Royal Rumble territory. It's 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 <laughs> and, and when you look at the number breakdown, it really doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So. I understand that ESPN is treating it as a loss leader. I get that. They're looking at it like they need to stock their platform with uh, exclusive live sports content because they got to show their, their subscribers, you know, what they have and all that. Uh, ESPN Plus costs four ninety nine a month or forty nine ninety nine a year. Dave Meltzer reported that for a UFC pay-per-view to generate $10 million these days because they have uh, declined in popularity. And so for them to generate $10 million, they have to do better than 285,000 buys. And these days, most pay-per-views don't hit that mark. Aside from the ones that have uh, a big name, you know, like, like obviously uh, Conor McGregor, but also I think Cormier Jones did above that. GSP did above that. Most don't. Uh, Amanda Nunes is lucky to break 150 these days. And, uh, and uh, so obviously it makes sense for them to move it over to ESPN Plus for that kind of money. Now, there's logistic issues we don't need to talk about. How are the fighters going to make up for the lost revenue? They're not going to get pay-per-view bonuses anymore, whatever. That's for so you. get sponsorship money. Yeah, and really. that's for them to figure out. And, and obviously the UFC is going to have to figure that out. But I want to talk about this in terms of just the money involved and how this could be really, really good for WWE in terms of the value of live sports content. So right now, if you look at UFC's fight night shows that they have on Fox, all right, those shows are lucky if they do 1.5 million viewers on a Saturday yes. night. They're lucky if they do that. If you look at UFC Fight Pass, which is their current streaming service, they have around 500,000 subscribers, if that, all right? For ESPN to make back that $150 million, they would have to generate 3 million annual subscribers, in order to do that. And again, when you consider that on the Fight Night shows, which are free television, they do 1.5 million viewers. Fight if Pass, they're lucky. If they're lucky. Fight Pass, which is, that's your target. People that are, that are going to pay money for a streaming MMA service has less than 500,000 uh, subscribers. There is zero chance that ESPN is going to get anywhere close to 3 million annual subscribers based on this UFC deal. And so, again, I understand that it's a loss leader for them and that they feel they need to have the content. I think it's crazy they're paying that kind of money. I feel like they could have gotten away with paying half that money. I'd love to know how the negotiations went, Sean. Like, do you think they had some monkey at ESPN? Because you realize that a lot of suits are idiots in, in, in reality. Hey, if, like, a lot of, like, suits on boards are morons, right? If, so, if Fightful Select had two subscribers over the first month and a half, we probably wouldn't have a Fightful Select right now. No. No, hey, because the content that I am putting on that yeah. would have been well better served to put up for free and get whatever little YouTube revenue yes. they give us. So I, I don't understand the method. I know from a WWE perspective, this may be the point where I start to hardball and I start to say this perception that wrestling fans don't pay for shit, mm -hmm. get, get that out of here because – I don't know how the fuck somebody could watch 300 episodes of Grey's Anatomy. Mm -hmm. For the love of God, it's like a third of the viewership it once did. Did you stop at 275 episodes? Yeah. <laughs> it was just, after that, I said, no more. <laughs> you have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. 
Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Walking Dead is like half of what it was yeah. a year or two ago. They all run their course eventually, you know? They all run their course eventually, but yeah. wrestling has a very, very dedicated core. Yeah. And we just saw 10,000 people pay for an event in Chicago that has no no streaming plans right now. Right. And there's going to be a bunch more people go to a podcast convention before that. You've got cities that bid on your event to come there. Mm-hmm. I think this is the point where WWE needs to say – Kick that old shit out the window. There's no reason soccer in America should be getting higher ad rates for a program that gets a fraction of the viewership. Not just that, a fraction of the loyal viewership. Like, it's because of perception, advertiser perception. Perception, yeah, that, that needs to... But here, here's the thing, and just so there's no confusion, this is not UFC's new rights fee deal. Just no. so there's no confusion. This is a separate deal... For ESPN streaming platform, they still have yet to negotiate the new rights fees deal. They're expecting they're going to get two to two hundred fifty million for that, meaning that all in between the two, they might end up at four hundred million plus. And WWE right now, I think their their popularity is higher than UFC. Their television ratings are higher than UFC. I think in terms of advertiser perception, they're pretty pretty comparable. I think, and so there's no reason to think that WWE. 400 might be stretching because wrestling is a hard sell. 400 might be stretching, but there's no reason to think they won't do at least 250, I think, based on uh, based on this. I mean, this is going to be good for WWE. This is a very interesting time, and <laughs> oh boy, with all the streaming services and ESPN Plus launching, I know they have a Kobe Bryant show on that service, so they, they want that's something that they could have put anywhere else and it would have done great, but they use it to anchor their service because, you know, it's freaking Kobe Bryant, but Man, this is this is a big time for WWE and UFC, especially because UFC got lowballed by U or by Fox. Yes. Fox wanted to offer them two hundred for yep. the whole shebang. Not is, not not for any streaming stuff. That was just the rights fees, I think. Well, I know, but that would have the stuff that is now on the streaming ESPN Plus would have been on Fox as well. And UFC is that true? Like, because I I thought that the plan is that some of the pay per views might move to ESPN Plus. I don't know. That that remains to be seen. I, I find it very hard to believe that pay-per-views would move to ESPN Plus or pay-per-view quality. Maybe they would say that, but it's the old UFC on Fox and Vince McMahon starting a new TV show method of, here, we're giving you Cain Velazquez and Dos Santos. We're giving you John Cena and Seth Rollins in a title match. And then two weeks later, you've got the revival against Breezango. <laughs> you know what I mean? That, yeah, yeah. You don't see anything the caliber of Kane JDS on Fox anymore. That's true. All right, let's go to Stupid People. This is a stupid song. It just goes on and on. You might find some meaning, but you would be wrong. Uh, I just moved the mic, Nigel. I hope it, Nigel, I hope it didn't screw it up. Oh, yeah, you're fine. Okay, good. So first off, uh, TrevorStrong.org, thanks for the usage of the stupid song. Uh, and once again, when this is done, go to FightfulSelect.com, and we have Stupid People Extended ready to go. And boy, we got some real beauties again this week, Sean. <laughs> 
Once again, finding six stories a week of stupid people is the easiest part of my week, Sean. I think that the week that Nigel is out, Melissa should be tasked with this because I want to see what kind of things she can cook up. I'm up for it so long as I can look at it first. I'm up for it. <laughs> I think it should catch you by surprise as well. No, that's not going to happen. Should intro, she should intro them and we should react. No, that's. I think we're good doing it the way we're doing it. Because I, 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 I will, that. I will get her involved though. Because Melissa's actually very quick witted and very, very got a good, good sense of humor. So I'll throw, yeah, well, her, I'll throw well, her in there. I think Nigel should intro them sometimes as well. Because oh, Nigel could do a good job of it. He would shit oh, so on see, society. You're saying, that, you're saying that Melissa couldn't dissension. No, 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 no. He would dissension. be introing. No, you misunderstood. He'd be introing ones I came up with, as would Melissa. Okay, we'll see. Or ran by me, yes. one or the other. Sure. So this first one is reported by ABC. I just, uh. <laughs> it was reported by ABC News Australia on May 11, uh, and we're going to play a video clip here. A woman named Deanne Carson, who is a child educator, uh, and she's the CEO of something called Body Safety Australia, which is, quote, and this is from their website, a social enterprise protecting children from sexual abuse with whole community solutions. That's what they claim they do. She was on ABC News Australia, and she claims that parents should ask their babies for consent before changing their diaper. Play that clip, Nigel. I heard- I'm going to change your nappy now. Is that okay? Of course, the baby's not going to respond. Yes, Mum, that's awesome. I'd love to have my nappy changed. But if you leave a space and wait for body language and wait to make eye contact, then you're letting that child know that their response matters. Now, when I first heard this clip and saw this video, I honestly wondered if it was a joke. Yeah. and this, I, thought, I, I hate, wondered if it was a joke. I hate this because on my Facebook, especially in Kentucky, whether you see somebody that, that's this far weird and left or that far weird and right, mm-hmm. that's what the entire left or right gets portrayed as. And that's so stupid to me. I am going to go ahead and assume that Deanne Carson does not have children. I would bet money on it. Does not have children. And if she can ever see this clip, if we can like pull this out and tweet it to her or something. When the day comes that you have children, I want you to ask them for permission before you change them. Okay? And if they don't give you the body language you're talking about, then I want you to leave them in their shitty diaper and let me know how that goes for you. <laughs> That's all that I got to say, Sean. Did she ask her hairdresser's consent? Before she made her give her whatever the fuck is on her head. Oh, so now you're going to start discriminating and judging, Sean? We're just talking about what she said, man. I'm just saying. She says the baby doesn't even have to give consent. There just has to be a window there. Uh There was no window for her hairdresser. I mean, you've got a man bun and a hickey, Sean. I didn't, you know. Right, I do. It's beautiful, I didn't judge. $10,000 will get this chopped off, Jimmy. How much? What's it worth to you? $10,000? $10,000. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Put my price tag above Sean Waltman's. Okay. <laughs> so this next one was reported by the BBC on May 11, and we got another video clip here. People are such sweethearts, man. So uh, a family of French tourists decided Ooh. to get out of their car, not once, oh, but... Yes. You saw this one? <laughs> they decided to get out of the car, not once, but twice, in the middle of a safari park in the Netherlands, surrounded by cheetahs, so that they could take selfies and video clips. It was a mother and father and their little boy. At one point, the woman actually put the little boy down to let him run around in a field. 
think she asked her kid consent to take him out. Yeah, there. exactly. Uh, the people behind them uh, at the park, they pulled, they took video of it, and it's funny because they were commenting in Dutch between themselves when they were when they were yeah. taking it. But the cheetahs you could see in the clip, and Nigel, uh, there's, do you have audio on the clip? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So he'll put it up in a second. The cheetahs like lunge it for them because they see the little boy, and cheetahs go for small prey. Sean, have you ever small watched game. Snow Piercer? What is it? You ever watched the movie Snowpiercer? No. I think I've Chris seen Evans, that. they're like stuck on a train. Yeah, I've seen that. He, well, Nigel, as you'll remember, babies taste the best. <laughs> so, it's true. now, well, this, if this were me, this would have been one for the Sean Ross sat file because I would have shit my pants. <laughs> I wonder if they are aware that cheetahs are real fucking fast. The fastest animal on the planet. They're and they fast. And they tend to prey on small game, Sean. Like a little boy. Okay, go ahead. Put up the clip. Jesus. Oh, my God. Jesus. Oh, oh. Het kind. Nee. Jesus. Nee. Nee, Jesus. Nee, nee, nee. Doe normaal, man. Jesus. Something. Nog... Nee. Nee. What the fuck? What the fuck? Oh, wat erg. In die auto, mensen. Kom op. Oh, wat erg. Jesus. 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 Fuck. <laughs> you know what's the best part about that? Our iTunes audio listeners, all they got was commentary from Dutch people saying Jesus and what the fuck. That was the best part. <laughs> uh, what else can you say in a situation like that? Don't get out of the car in a safari, Sean. <laughs> How about that? Still, can't run. Yeah, that, that would be a probably – that's sound advice. And can you imagine not – like. What's the what's the mentality? What's the mindset? Not only leaving your car, but putting your kid down on the ground. What's the mentality behind that, man? Like, how do these uh, people? How do they walk without falling down? These people, <laughs> you know, it's embarrassing. All right, this last one. This is reported by the Aspen Times on May twenty seven, and this is one for the Sean Ross app file, Sean. Yeah. And I'm curious what you would do in this situation. So uh, there's a lot of layers to this story, Sean. Yeah. It's like Shrek. It's like an onion. It's like peeling an onion. That's you what know? I thought of. So a 25-year-old man named Stephen Elmore had an incident with his roommates in January after he passed out, and one of them drew pictures of dicks on his face. He woke, up, he woke up and discovered the drawings, and he confronted the people present, uh, and he decided to retaliate by going out and starting a fire in the garage. Oh. Problem was, the garage was not only next to the residence, but it was directly next to his room. And so the house caught on fire. The roommates managed to put it out, and Elmore had just pled guilty to felony arson, and he just got two years probation and a plea deal. So my question for you is, what did you do when somebody drew pictures of dicks on your face? Well, I never had that happen to me, fortunately. See, I just uh, made like it was presumed. Do you see how I did that, Nigel? Yeah, I just made exactly. like, you know. Uh, I would say the furthest I ever went when somebody pranked me, I think they, they destroyed some of my clothes and they thought it was funny. So I took a nail gun and I nailed all their shoes to the ceiling. That's kind of like an old 80s wrestling prank. Yeah, and I, I think one time I filled their toilet bowl with gelatin. Then when they pissed, all the piss would bounce up and hit them on the leg. That's pretty good. Yeah. There was that, too. And did it work? Yeah, it worked. Hell yeah, it worked. Okay. Uh, there you go. Once again, uh, FightfulSelect.com. Go there for Super People Extended after this. So there you go. So uh, let's talk about WWE UK, Sean. Let's talk about that. Now, you know something? The the WWE Bearded White Guy Tournament. Yeah, I saw the... 
So by, by the time I did the list, I didn't. It hadn't come out yet. Who was going to be in the tournament? You can go ahead and talk about that later if you well, want. Well, I guarantee you, there'll, there'll be a bunch of bearded white guys. There you go. So back in the '90s, just to kind of recap for a second, back in the '90s, WCW started kicking WWE's ass, and Vince McMahon was looking for new ideas. He was looking to get progressive. He noticed Vince Russo's writing in, in the magazine, took the magazine, took Vince Russo. Went up to his, his board meeting, whatever, and he told the staff, we got to be doing more stuff like this. And then that somehow turned into the Attitude Era, which became the hottest period in wrestling history for WWE. Uh, these days, it seems like Vincent Mann doesn't have that same motivation because he doesn't have any real competition, at least domestically. And it seems no matter how much they phone things in creatively, they continue to make more money than they've ever made, and they're about to make even more. Which yeah. means that as wrestling fans, we might be due for some dark days here because when they're going to have all this guaranteed money, it's going to be hard to motivate them in order to present the best creative they can. The reason I'm bringing this up is that it seems like a competitor is what they need to be motivated to present the best product they can present. And proof of that is the ITV network in the UK. That's your yeah. proof, right? Because... Last week, ITV did their taping. ITV, for anybody that doesn't know, they're a big television network in uh, the UK on free television. They did, a, uh, they did their taping for the world of sport. And this motivated WWE to actually do something with their UK division, which has been stagnant since, uh, since Pete Dunne won the title. They announced that they're going to be holding a tournament to determine the next challenger for the UK championship. Uh, there's a thing called the Download Festival uh, in the UK from uh, June 8 to June 10. Uh, it typically features NXT matches all three days. They've done it in the past. This time, they're going to have the opening round for the tournament featuring 16 wrestlers. Then on June 18th, they're going to be finishing the tournament at Royal Albert Hall in London. And then the next day, June 19th, the winner of that tournament is going to, ch- is going to challenge uh, Pete Dunne for the title. And Dave Meltzer reports that WWE offered contracts to around 20 independent promoter uh, performers in the UK, and they did it strict- strategically to, to prevent them from signing with ITV. Uh-huh. That's the only reason they did it. They wanted to lock him up and not let ITV get a hold of him. And when you think about it, it's right out of Vincent Mann's playbook from the 80s when he was going national and picking up all the top talent from all the territories. And that's essentially what they're doing now against the ITV in the UK. Interesting situation. And, uh, you know, what's your take on it? Why don't you just – why haven't they just done this before and just ran shows across the UK themselves under the WWE UK Have been banner? motivated. They have been motivated. Yeah, that's that's really it. It's – it's a Vince McMahon thing. Like I said, people like Tony Storm. Tony Storm should have been signed last year, and she I think she just got an offer. They've been trying now, yeah, I think for a while. Because, man, um, that that's the one that I was uh, most happy about. And she's, like, from New Zealand. so. But I was just very, very happy to hear about that more than any of them. Mm. And there's Travis Banks. That's a good one. But it, they, need to, they need to run that and just – Make some money. It's a hot territory. And the thing is, it is a hot territory. And the thing is, without this ITV thing coming together, there would probably be no UK division. Pete yeah. Dunne would not be the UK, uh, UK champion, and there would be no tournament taking place now. They're only doing it to combat ITV from taking off in the UK. So Man, that is a gorgeous championship. Mm-hmm. I love that title belt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. It's, it's vintage Vince McMahon. It is. It is. Now, uh, in other news, and this is interesting, so New Japan announced, so they have a new president. His name is Harold Maige. He's a 50-year-old Dutchman from, uh, from my homeland. Good for him. And uh, he's lived in Japan for over 30 years, and he's fluent in English and Japanese. It's the first time ever that New Japan has had a non-Japanese leader 
for the promotion, which is very interesting. I looked up this guy a little bit, this Harold Maij. Uh, he was most recently the CEO of Tomi, which is a Japanese toy company. And apparently in under four years, he took them from a money-losing corporation to a profitable corporation, and he more than tripled their stock. That's great. And now he's going to run New Japan Pro Wrestling. And I, I, I read a, a press release or something where he said his goal is to sell out the Tokyo Dome. So what do you think of that, man? They got, sure, they got a I Dutch mean, guy running New Japan Pro Wrestling. I think they should also be running. Man, if I were New Japan and I were Ring of Honor, I would make that marriage even closer and closer and closer. I would make one like the American territory, make one the Japanese territory, share talent as much as possible. Like, uh, I just think there is so much potential for them collectively as the number two in the world to be a real to be a real alternative because and the, the beauty of it is there's not a lot of like promo work in new Japan that kills off some of these guys. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, you have people like being the elite who give themselves 10 to 15 minutes a week and look what's happened. Yeah, for look sure. What's happened. There's just so much potential there as a true alternative. And that's what I thought TNA was in between Oh four and Oh nine ish. I thought Impact or TNA then was some of the best stuff I was watching from a character standpoint. Go back, guys, and watch Kevin Nash with the Cruiserweight Wrestlers Paparazzi Championship Series. That was some of the most entertaining shit I ever saw. It, it brought Black Machismo out, which has been reborn on Being the Elite. You like there, that, Black Machismo? It was hilarious. I hated that. It was hilarious. Yeah, but they treated him like a top guy. I, I mean, hated he that. He was in the ring worthy of being a top guy. Oh, sure. I'm not, no question about that. What I'm saying is you don't take a wrestler, give him a gimmick of pretending to be another wrestler, and then push I, him as a top guy. You don't well, do that. I, I don't know if that was necessarily when they made him a top guy. I think after he abandoned that character, they really pushed him as a top guy because more people knew who he was and they connected with him and liked him. There is room to be... I mean, not only there's not room; they are number two. I consider them and Ring of Honor the same thing. I really do because of their marriage. So, and you know, somebody Good. WWE. I hope, he, I hope he does great things with them. And WWE could use it, man. They could, like, like we just talked about. They need a real competitor. They need it. And and the fact that uh, that Cuban has the TV rights in uh, in the U.S. maybe that'll help because he's got the money if he wants to get behind it. You know. Here's an interesting question that C Phoenix poses. Uh, he says they should scrap main event and shift their focus on a weekly UK show. <laughs> yeah, they could do that. Yeah, you got a whole lot of talent on the main roster. It's not going to be working yep. any given week, though. Yep, they could do that. Uh, so speaking of New Japan Pro Wrestling, so they have a couple of shows scheduled for the U.S., one in June in Daytona Beach, Florida, one in July in San Francisco, California. And uh, it was announced this week that Kenny Omega, he's, he's kind of following in the footsteps of Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks, kind of because he's uh, serving as the local promoter for the Daytona Beach show, but he's doing it in conjunction with a company that I had never heard of called CEO Fighting Game Championships. I looked them up. It is a company that presents tournaments of fighting video games, like Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat, and they actually do tournaments. People actually come out and pay money to be a part of this. Lots thing. of people. Crazy. A lot of people. Crazy. A lot of people, yes. I found I mean, out... I've, I've, I've had a, at least a dozen requests this year alone for Fightful, who has never really had anything to do with anything video game related, to do a Twitch channel. And I'm like, my God. Really? There are a lot of people. Oh, yeah, lots of people that are that are into that type of thing. I've uh, 
I, I was like an MC or a host of a video game tournament here locally several years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, because they, they, they needed somebody to kind of set things up, move it on. There was like a minimal audience, but I mean, that's that's a big thing. Let me ask you this. So, so one of my employees here who, uh, who will remain name, nameless so that I don't embarrass them, Hayden, he, uh, he likes to spend time sometimes, and when I say sometimes, I think every day, watching uh, people play video games on Twitch. I don't understand the draw. Why do people want to watch somebody else play a video game? It's not my thing. I don't get it. What's the what's the, it, what's the appeal? I, I love I love playing video games. Nigel, what's the appeal? Why does somebody want to watch somebody else play a video game? I can't speak from personal experience because I don't. I'm not really in that world. But uh-huh. like esports, I think it's just like if they play at such a competitive level that it is like watching somebody play a sport. Uh huh. Like some of these games, and if like if not so much in the U.S., but I think it's growing in in North America. Uh-huh. But you go to places like South Korea and Japan. There's like sold out stadiums where it's like a fusion of like cosplay and also like the video games themselves. And like, there's a good. I'll send you a link to a good Vice documentary that they did about this about like six years ago. Uh-huh. It's people are nuts. People are tearing you up on the chat. I don't care. Jimmy Jimmy just now finding out about esports. Don't tell him about StarCraft. No, no, no. I'm familiar with this stuff. Like I've I've seen documentaries before where they showed people being recruited to play on a team and having a tournament and getting paid for it. I'm familiar with all that stuff. I don't understand the draw. I don't you're get late, it. You're late to the party, Jimmy. Well, good. Did you hear? Bo won the Heisman. <laughs> I but for me it's just like as someone who doesn't watch sports or esports, uh-huh. I kinda like I look at them as like the same thing. Maybe I feel wrong. like we're headed oh, for the Matrix, and we're all going to be living in a bubble of water in the next fifty years, Sean. The, the closest. <laughs> that's what's going to happen. Closest I've come to watching something like that. I was on ESPN. I had watched like Sports Center or something before that, and I turned the TV on, and they had drone races, and I was like, "All right, I'll give this a go." And I watched the drone race, and I was pretty impressed that, like, they did those in like a football arena, like an empty football arena, mm-hmm. so they could navigate. But mm-hmm. I was like, "Damn, that's it's kind of crazy." Mm-hmm. So speaking, uh, speaking of crazy, before you shit on my segue, you <laughs> about WWE's UK tour or UK uh, promotion. Marty Skrull made a name for himself in the UK, now making a name for himself in New Japan as a part of Bullet Club. Stephen Mulehausen spoke to him at the All Impressor. Take a listen. Stephen Milhausen here, Fightful.com. We're talking to the one and only Marty Skrull. He's, he will be he's right at the all-in press conference. And if we, this was one year ago, do you think this would even be taking place? Would it be possible? Would it, would it be possible in your mind? Would it be taking place? Um, it's hard to predict. It's certainly something that, as uh, you know, a wrestler who loves pro wrestling, it's, it's certainly something that we've always kind of wanted to do, for sure. You know, have that alternative product uh, and that platform for us to perform on. I feel like there is obviously uh, a demand for something different, and I think we provide it. So it's just a case, I think, of getting out there, letting people know that there's something cool going on, and uh, hopefully the people will come. So, where I thought it was possible, maybe not, but you know, as, as this moved on and we made it, you know, more of a thing, it seems more and more possible. The closer we get it, like, 
today's the first day of ticket sales, and I guess it started, well, it's starting like a few hours. Um, so, yeah, I guess, you know, time can tell, bro. It's exciting, like, I feel like we've made such a splash now that we can't be ignored, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just excited, you know, I, I can't wait to form. We're gonna get 10,000, like, for sure. <laughs> no, to me, you know, you know, what's been going on in wrestling seems like kind of like in the in the in the nineties, you had the grunge era, where it seemed like with Nirvana really leading the way. Oh yeah. Does it feel like it's you, where a revolution is really yeah, going on in wrestling? Yeah, you know, we're punk rock, we're DIY, we're at the establishment. You know, I think that's why people think it's cool. Do you know what I mean? Like everything is organic, everything is authentic. So we're real. Do you know what I mean? Like so, yeah, I think that's why people, that's why they, 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 they take to us. And we're giving them content all the time, obviously, on the YouTube show, the TV, and, you know, they're getting that interaction with us. Like, we're probably getting more, how, how to say it, like, time with the viewer, building more relationship with the viewer than, you know, a mid-card guy gets, or even a main event that gets a war, you know? They might get a two-minute segment, but we'll do it, you know, 15, 20-minute episode every week, you know what I mean? People get to see us and see what we're up to. So, um, yeah, I think it's, you know, we're aiming to make wrestling good again, you know, hopefully doing a good job. You know, when you're when you're sitting there at night and you're away from everybody, you know, and it's just you, or you're in the car by yourself, do you even think of how surreal this all is right now? Sometimes, yeah. It's uh, it's a crazy time. It's probably one of those things that you, know, you won't appreciate it until later on you're back like, whoa, that was crazy. But no, quite often. Especially like, you know, I, I started wrestling for so many years, making no money, not having a pot to piss in. So, it, yeah, it's a really good time. Yeah. <laughs> a great time you look at that and you just said that and you were making no money was it ever in the point in your mind you're like do I really still want to do this or was it just the passion you had for the business always want to do that you know if you love something it doesn't matter do you know what I mean like I if money was an object I'd still be doing what I'm doing do you know what I mean it's not yeah, it, it's you know, it's more to be a wrestler. As cheesy as it sounds, you know what I mean. Um, but no, I always, I always think you, you believe in yourself. Yeah, it sounds cheesy, but uh, you know, if once like bad enough, you do it. You know what I mean. So I never envisioned anything else. Who was your favorite wrestler growing up? Loads of guys. You know, love guys like Roddy Piper and Terry Funk. Um, yeah, Bret Hart, Rey Mysterio, Christian Liger, CM Punk, Brian Anderson. It's a good list, right? <laughs> you did pick. You picked a pretty. You put some good ones there, and we'll ask two more questions. And if you had an opponent, if you had thought about who you would really want to fit, because really nothing beyond Cody saying he's going to challenge for the NWA title, is there a, an opponent that? Who would really like to face on the show? Um, I don't know. Uh, I mean, there's a whole bunch of guys that uh, I enjoy, but I think what would be nice is obviously I'm contracted with Ring of Honor, um, so it's going to be Ring of Honor guys on the show. But that's about, you know, if I wrestle with those guys, it's a match I can do at Ring of Honor. So I'd like to think I can wrestle someone who isn't about Ring of Honor and, you know, to do something new and do something different in America. Um, that's what I'd like to do. But in terms of names, I uh, know, I legit don't even know. Nothing's really been confirmed yet in terms of cards, which you probably think I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> Serious, you know, wrestling changes so much now. Like, Cody's trying to put a card together like eight months ago. Like, dude, this is going to change between now and then. You know, people get, you know, loads of things to happen. Do you know what I mean? No one knows where everyone's going to be in September, so 
Yeah, I don't know. In terms of dream opponents, you know, I want to say anything because obviously they're just going to steer one way uh, and then maybe make a narrative that isn't quite true. But, uh, either way, I'm, I'm hoping to be highlighted uh, in, a, in a good position and uh, you know, for, uh, for a good performance for the 10,000 people. It's a nice uh, rendition you sang right at the end there. And uh, you should come out with this. You, she come out with a CD in the near future. Uh, Belt out a little yeah. couple more tunes there, my friend. No, I'm not, uh, That's a pretty. That was pretty good there. You know when like you watch those TV shows? I think in the UK we have like the X Factor. In America, it's maybe something else. But and, and they go on stage and they've got to sing and they completely forget the words. That's like me, like every weekend. But I still have to perform. <laughs> yeah, when they forget the words and break down. That's me every weekend. So no, I don't think there'll be any album anytime soon. Thank you for the time, Marty. Thank you, buddy. Right, and we're back, oh, and we're back okay. as Jimmy's casually talking about net neutrality. <laughs> yeah, they just apparently they're restoring it. It was just in the news. They're restoring it, yeah, which is good. They should. That That's is good. very good. It's yeah, very yeah. good. Yeah. That's what cool. else you got on the list this week? Are you going to get off your goddamn phone? Uh, I told you I'm trying to condense a week's, a week's worth of yeah. work into a day. So fuck off if I have to be on my phone for 30 seconds, Sean. <laughs> uh, a couple more things. So I want to talk about Charlotte because she's had a hell of a time. So uh, first... First, she gets a ruptured implant. Uh, I imagine that felt good. Then, uh, she was at a live event last week in Germany against Carmela, got her teeth knocked out, had to leave the European tour, fly back to the U.S., have dental surgery. Somehow, through that, she made it to the NBC upfronts on Monday. She was there uh, with Nia Jackson, Ronda Rousey, and, and of course, Stephanie and Hunter, because Stephanie's got to be there, uh, uh, presenting WWE. Um, you, on this week's post-Smackdown podcast, you had a conversation with Jeff Hawkins talking about supposed comparisons between Charlotte and Roman Reigns. Uh, why don't you explain that, uh, what you think the comparisons are between those two? Well, I don't see a lot of comparisons. I mean, obviously, they think a lot of both, but there are people that think that maybe she isn't the best fit for that role and that, I don't know, she's always positioned as a top person. I think she should be. She screams star. Yes, and the, the difference is is that Roman to me Roman Reigns is portraying a WWE versus the machine angle. Everybody knows that isn't true. Yep. Charlotte's shortcomings and benefits have been addressed in numerous promos. There, I mean, it's been part of WWE canon. Her dad got her in there. She's mm -hmm. wooing. She's not exactly out there hiding the fact that she's Ric Flair's daughter. Mm -hmm. And tons of wrestlers have said you've only got here because of. I mean, they call her Charlotte Flair now. On yeah, television. so I mean, it's it's a part of canon, so I couldn't disagree with that more. I think that she she is a proper person to be in that role. I know Jeff said uh, either she needs to turn heel or she needs to suffer a, a beatdown in order to get That's sympathy. True. And now my personal opinion is that heel turn is what is is what she needs. I think she's an excellent heel. I think that she even kind of comes off as a heel as a babyface, especially during her entrance. So I think that's what she needs, but. Uh, I do think that if they want to really make a go of the of the babyface run, like Jeff said, they should uh, they should do a beatdown and make her look uh, make her look weak in, in in a segment. And I actually thought about Hulk Hogan because Hulk Hogan in the '80s physically was the biggest guy, and he was bigger than every other guy, and he was more muscled than every other guy, and yet nobody could draw sympathy sympathy from a crowd like Hulk Hogan. And how many times did you see him? It seemed like every year he had a friend turn on him, Sean. Every year. You know, and, and he was always getting destroyed. King Kong Bundy laid him out, and Paul Orndorff laid him out, and the big boss well, man laid him out. Let me tell you why. It's because Hogan is a dick. <laughs> it's 
So nobody liked him. He eye gouged people and choked them with with shirts and, and raked their backs. Raked their backs. <laughs> and pulled out people who had legally eliminated him out of battle royals and royal rumbles and would come back in the ring and beat people up. He was a dick. It's because he didn't have any actual in ring skill. But uh, but the fact of the matter is, because even though he was the biggest guy and the most muscular guy, and he was bigger than pretty much all of his opposition, he could draw sympathy like nobody's business. And when he took that pile driver from Paul Orndorff, when Orndorff turned on him, and Orndorff was like 5'10", and he took that pile driver, and you know when he used to do a thing where he'd be flopping around on the mat, you know, like yeah. convulsing on the mat? Yeah. The crowd was with him when he did stuff like that. Not saying that Charlotte Flair should start convulsing on the mat. But, Nobody uh, did that better than Devon Dudley. He was the best at that. Yeah, yeah. Well, Hogan he was, was. He would do it so hard. He would like. It's like if you set a PlayStation controller on a table and, it's like <laughs> and it falls off the table. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, he was still pretty good at it, so maybe that would help Charlotte. One thing about Hogan just came to mind. I don't know how it popped into my head. Have you ever seen the match with uh, Hogan against Killer Khan? They did it at MSG a few times, and it was televised. Have you ever seen the match and the finish for that match? I haven't. Because they, the, they played the same thing a lot. Hogan came into the ring with tape around his fist. Have you seen that now that, I'm, now that I'm talking about it? No, I don't think I have. So Hogan came into the ring with tape around his fist. Killer Khan used to spray the green mist, right, which he took from various different wrestlers. Hogan did a thing where because he had the tape around his fist, when Killer Khan would spray the mist, he'd hold his hand up and kind of catch it, and yeah. then he would rub it in Killer Khan's eyes that would make Killer Khan bump. Then he would drop the leg and pin him. And, and they did Whatever. that finish many, many times. And I remember even as a kid watching it thinking, why does Hulk Hogan have tape on his fist? Because yeah. he never had tape on his fist. You know? But I forgot Killer Khan even existed, to be honest with you. Hey, he broke Andre's leg in like 1981. Yeah. You know? So. That, was just, that was just a tad before my time. But man, I forgot all about him. Mm-hmm. Last but not least. His finish was good. Do you remember his finish? He did Which the knee, he did the knee drop off the top rope. Oh yeah. It was he was a big dude, you know, it looked good. Uh last but not least this week I want to talk about Big Cass. And uh if what's being reported is true, then he deserves everything he's getting creatively, in my opinion. So uh, a little bit of a recap. So back on the May 1 edition of SmackDown, prior to the Backlash pay-per-view, he was going into the into the pay-per-view against Daniel Bryan. So he did a segment on SmackDown where he had a little person portraying Daniel Bryan. And they finished the segment with him laying out the little person with the big boot, and then he ground and pounded him and beat him down, right? According to Pro Wrestling Sheet, Nigel's already smirking. <laughs> I guess it's funny to you when you beat up a little person. Just, That's funny to you. I just, who would think of doing that? Oh, they, it wasn't oh, the first time. Repeated. Yeah, it wasn't the first time. Whoa. I would be surprised if this was the 10th time. Yeah, they've done it many times, so it definitely wasn't the first time. This is like... I mean, hell, WrestleMania three, Bundy dropped an elbow on one. That was 1987. Probably, probably our intro next week is just a highlight reel of all the times. That's that exactly what we're going to do. Thank you, Sean. That's exactly what we're going to do. So uh, according to Pro Wrestling Sheet, Big Cass was only supposed to deliver the big boot, and that was it. Uh, and he allegedly believed so much in doing a beatdown after the boot that he went to various officials backstage looking for permission. He re- allegedly even went to Miss McMahon asking for permission, and Miss McMahon turned him down and said, uh, only the big boot. He then called an audible, allegedly, and went out there and decided on his own to do the beatdown after the big boot. And we saw what happened creatively after that. He went into backlash. He lost clean as a sheet to Daniel Bryan. Oh, now, yeah. now, granted, he did say on SmackDown this week, which you and I had alluded to, was, oh, I tapped out right away. Just get out of the move. 
Mm-hmm. Right, which we had talked about, but he lost clean as a sheet. Then SmackDown that week after Backlash, he wasn't used on the show, and this week on SmackDown, he taps out in a non-match situation to Daniel Bryan. So he's basically beat up and, and punked off again. I Probably question the next week too. I was going to say I question if this is his punishment because he's you know allegedly or reportedly went against management's uh, management's uh, demand or whatever. And if that's true, he deserves everything he's getting. Because in a segment as meaningless as a stupid thing with a little person, thinking that the big boot's not enough and thinking, oh, I really need to get in that beatdown on this little person, you're a moron if that's what you thought. And to go against officials when you don't have stroke, you're not Roman Reigns, you know? You don't have that kind of stroke. To think that you're going to go against officials to do something so minor like that, he deserves everything he's getting creatively. And uh, and if I was this man, I would job the hell out of him too. I would because you're stupid if that's what you did. So I hate to sound like a broken record because I brought this up on a couple shows before, but there's a reason why I often don't report storyline news whether I get it or not, and that's because it, a lot of people make fun of Meltzer saying plans change. They do, and they change based on one 72-year-old guy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. WWE decided that night that that beatdown happened that Daniel Bryan wasn't fit to appear on programming. It wasn't due to the chest infection, as they initially reported. They didn't like the way the bruises looked on TV. Daniel Bryan was supposed to come out at the end of that segment. He didn't because of that. So they had rewrites. Big Cass was told, don't go beyond the big boot. Mainly for the safety of the little guy in there sure. working with him. And not only and that, he but did the, it anyway. the big boot was his finisher, Sean. Yes. So if you're hitting the guy with your finish, that's it. And those I talked to backstage in WWE said that I know that fans don't think that WWE thinks a lot of Daniel Bryan, but this was... This was a meal on a silver platter handed to Big Cass. Absolutely. And that he should have recognized that and should have appreciated that and therefore should have went along with how this went. Now, I was also told that if this were somebody like an AJ Styles or a Nakamura who was more deep into their career, had better like senses for a crowd and all that and had been to the top, the heat probably wouldn't have been as much, but because Big Cass is just getting his real push, mm-hmm. and not only that, being programmed with Daniel Bryan, first program, mm-hmm. first real program since he came back, that he probably needed to take things the way that WWE wanted to take Absolutely, them. he should have taken things. It would have been one thing if they said, okay, look, Big Cass, uh, the little person's going to put you on his shoulders, and he's going to airplane spin you. And then he's going to go to the top rope, and he's going to d- deliver like a frog splash. To you. I mean, something like that, you can understand him saying, whoa, 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 you know, I want to do this. But when yeah. they're telling you, you get to hit him with your finish, cool. You know what I mean? That's it. And, and, and again, if he, because again, this is all alleged, and it's all based on reports from, from websites and stuff like that. But if that's true, he deserves it, what he's getting. Yeah, that's, uh, what I heard was pretty much in line with that. So Right. I'm well, that's a shame. It. That's all I got for you, man. Man, you got the rest of the week off. Yeah, but I'm not exactly well, going to be. Of. I was going to yeah. say I'm, I'm not going to be sitting outside with my feet up, Sean. You say that so aggressively, like I insinuated. Such. No, I'm just honestly, I'm just tired, man. I've been going back and forth between houses. My house right now is stacked up with boxes like eight feet tall, and uh, and I've got my in-laws staying at the house, and my kid's been sick, and so she's been you know at home running around, and it hasn't been fun. It's but it's all, it's almost it's almost done now though. It's almost done. I think that's the most excited I thing I am for Kara not working at a doctor's office anymore. Yeah. I live in constant fear that she is going to get me sick because of some sick person there. Oh, it's the worst. 
Have you heard the story about the Aussie nurse? And I feel like your wife no. being a nurse, I shouldn't tell you this story. Well, she's not a nurse. She's a nurse aide. Okay, okay. So look it up. Uh, I believe it was last, late last year or early this year. Um, a male nurse in Australia was coughed on by a oh. patient, and he ended up uh, getting some kind of infection and died. I have a pretty bad cough myself. Have for a long time. Have you been so, checked out? I mean, I mean, not like. I mean, this doesn't is, sound good. No, you just, but, you I just mean, mentioned that as a like, side note. I'm not talking like fightful select Jimmy Van cough fit type of cough. Uh, which you had yourself like, like a week or two ago. Remember? <laughs> yeah, I did. I checked. Yeah. yeah, that's called karma. That's what that is. <laughs> I don't know about all that. Tell me about the cough. I want to know about this cough. I okay. I used to have pleurisy, What's and um, it's it's kind of like a buildup of I, it's. Hey, I'm not a doctor. I don't know. I just used to deal with it. I have a spot, which ironically was uh, a, a big injury of mine when I did MMA, between my shoulder blade and my spine. But I had pleurisy there, and every time you would cough, it would be like debilitating in that particular area. And I had to go to the hospital. I think it's like a lung buildup or something. I actually had a collapsed lung when I was in middle school. I had to use a nebulizer and a bunch of horse shit like that until I was off of it. You're just a weak, frail human being. Oh, I am. <laughs> Dude, I got a bone bruise from a wiffle ball the other day. I saw you. I saw you post something on social media. That's about unbelievable. That. And like, you yeah. can't be mad at that. You yeah. can just be like, "God damn, wiffle ball it. did that." Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I've had a, a pretty. I've had a cough since then. Which the funny thing is, I've noticed it happens a lot more on my podcast. People will see me mute, and I will kind of cough off the air. But just standing around, I don't necessarily have it. It's maybe because uh, maybe because of cotton mouth from all the talking. Yeah, maybe. Have Maybe. you been checked out for this long-time cough? Nah, healthcare here sucks. Don't you think that if you've had a cough for more than a few days, you should go get it checked out? I mean, it's not like something that disturbs me throughout the day. I've worked with you for two years, and you've never noticed it. So, <laughs> Meanwhile, that doesn't you mean that you might not be sitting. Air, that doesn't mean I you immediately expressed concern. You could be sitting on some kind of a long-term debilitating illness, and you don't know because you won't go to a doctor. I mean, possibly, yeah, possibly. What is trying sweetheart? to get trying to get <laughs> Melissa to trade me that citizenship? She fell in love with the heartland of America. Did you, Melissa? <laughs> yeah, I know. She was firing assault weapons. <laughs> I've done that before. Yeah, I've done that. Yeah, I mean, I have too, but I'm American, so you would expect uh, that. Well, you would. You would, yeah. I think you need to get... Let me tell you a quick story, Sean. Remember when I did the colonoscopy? And I did, and I did it because I had a couple of occasions of bleeding, right? No, that's why. did it for the fun. Yeah, that's why. Even though they knock you out. Yeah, that's why I did it. Yeah. <laughs> I said, boy, what, what can I do this week to get in a hospital gown again? What can I do? <laughs> So anyway, after I did that, I was talking to a friend who was talking about his friend telling me that his friend has had uh, rectal bleeding daily for weeks at the time. For weeks. And I said to him, don't you think that your friend might want to get that checked out? And he said, oh, you know, no, he's all right. <laughs> this is how people die suddenly, Sean. Yeah, that's true. Because they just I, they don't want to go get checked out. Soon. I will get checked out. Before my wife stops working at this doctor's office, I will go get checked out by that doctor's office. There you go. There you go. I always look at it like this. Whenever I have any kind of a pain or something, I give it like a week, unless it's something that seems yeah. serious. I'll give it like a week, maybe two weeks. If it doesn't go away by then, I get it checked out. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> like like Joseph Farley said, uh, Sean isn't getting an appointment because Eastern Kentucky doctors are too busy with opioid patients, and that is the damn truth. 
I was wondering in, in your part of Kentucky, so have you seen the Simpsons episode when like the mayor, the, the president or whatever of Australia sitting in a kiddie pool or he was like fishing? You know what I'm talking about? No. And they're yelling to each other, hey, Andy. And this, these are the politicians in this Aussie town. I wonder if in your part of Kentucky, your mayor basically spends his days like sitting by a pond – I'm going to regret telling you this story. <laughs> I'm going to regret telling you this story. I was okay. right, and I made it up, Nigel. There are a couple stories. There are I made it up, stories. and I was right. There are two. The first story, there's this guy. This is why I town. do this podcast, Nigel. Go ahead, okay. Sean. There's Go this ahead. guy in our town. He's a rough-looking fella. His pants are always hanging off his ass. He's in horrible shape. He has a trailer. Nothing against trailers. I lived in one forever, but he intentionally, like... I think it's a conscious effort to not take care of it because across the road from him is a like a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar house. Here that would be like in Toronto, that's like a million dollar house, easy. He ran for mayor one year or was planning to unopposed, and people were concerned. Like one of my friends said, "Move back," and I was like, "No, nah, I'm, I'm never doing that." But fortunately, he dropped out. The person that he would have replaced was a person who resigned as mayor, and this is not a paying job out here, obviously. It's such a small town. This person resigned after she got into a fist fight at a Little League game and got punched out, <laughs> perhaps just, justly so. Have you ever been to, the, to your local mayor's office? We do not have a mayor's office. <laughs> If you, if you want to ask me, have I been to our post office that is 150 feet from my front door? Yes, I have. That's the closest. So the mayor works from home? Yeah, if we even have one right now. We might we legitimately might not have a mayor. We have like a city council and shit like that. Do you that. guys have indoor plumbing where you're at in Kentucky? Barely. <laughs> Barely. Well, whatever. Like one time, this house, 140 years old, they couldn't find my septic tank when they looked for it. They were like... It might be buried underneath your neighbor's yard. It might be like <coughs> underneath your house right now. They couldn't find it. I, uh, I I joke around, but in reality, the town that I'm from, uh, because it's also small, we have what they call a reeve, R E E V E reeve, and that's basically what you call a mayor in a tiny little municipal village. They don't call it a mayor; they call it a reeve. Well, yeah, we we have those, or that's probably it's pretty much what we have. It's not paid. They don't really do much, right? But. Right. Okay, there you go. Okay. Guys, visit FightfulSelect.com. I have uh, the members-only podcast this week with Aaron Hyden, who you all will know as Hustle the Savage on Twitter. Does great work for us. Does uh, NFL draft analysis. Lots of cool stuff. He writes uh, The Spare Room on Fightful.com. I have the Fightful Select Weekender podcast this weekend as well. I'm going to do that UFC rankings breakdown when it's released. I have my thoughts on last week's impact uh, written on the site, Raw Smackdown scripts, and we're doing Stupid People Extended. Follow him at JimmyVan74. Follow me at Sean Ross Sapp. Follow us at Fightful Online. We are out. FightfulSelect.com. <laughs> I should have plugged Lindsay's Twitter. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.